Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back and, you know, joins us, AJ, headed out to his other duties. Yep. Um, okay, this is the story. This is from the Business Insider, by the way. Brittany sent this over. Boomers seem to have traded in the child-raising village for traveling, now millennial parents, uh, say they have no one to support them. Well, who was supporting the boomers? I would assume their parents. But that was the greatest generation. They were too busy patting themselves on the back. Hey, hey, watch yourself. I know you got that right. No, I mean, that was the greatest generation. That was a very tough follow-up, to tell you the truth, being a boomer myself, to follow what those people, the people my parents' age, did to say, and they did save the world. There is no doubt about that. No question. So having to follow that up was not the easiest thing in the world, right? That makes sense. That would be hard. Mm -hmm. Do people understand that, though, that it was a very difficult situation? I think, I mean, I think there is that strife with every generation. Um, I get told a lot that I'm lazy or this or that. And this article was interesting because I didn't think it necessarily took a side, but it was a, it was an interesting conversation that, because in this, in our scenario, both me and Andy's parents do leave half the year. And I think your guys' generation had a better, easier, more, it was a lot of times parents lived near mm-hmm. their grandkids and were able to help out a lot more. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, obviously in, in my situation that didn't really have, that didn't, didn't hold much water because I didn't have a father around that whole time. So it was, my mother had to work a lot more because he wasn't there. Yeah. So therefore he wasn't there and she wasn't there either. Yeah. You know, she was there as much as she could be, but she had to work 10, 12 hour days every day, you know, yeah. because, Diner waitresses didn't make a lot of money. Let me put it that way. There's no yeah. doubt about that. They probably still don't. I wonder yeah. if they might. Uh, millennials have put off having children, so boomers are the oldest grandparents ever. At the same time, boomers are outspending other generations on travel and dining out. Many millennial parents say they can't get the support they need from their parents. But I don't understand some. What are you talking about? Support them being around, support financially. What What are they talking about? I think it's being around because that's like what what i've you know heard from my friends and like i would I, I would benefit mostly like in my mom when she comes she watches gogo constantly and it right. is nice to have fam that's why i don't think i'd ever leave minnesota is like i love that if something happens i have priscilla next door or my sister to watch yeah. the baby and i think that is where things get a little harder cuz we don't have that like Hey, can you just watch her for an hour? Or hey, can I? What that doesn't exist as much because people move away to the I suppose, yeah. warmer areas. But I mean, and you can ask Andy this. I don't think there's a grandfather in the world that's closer to his grandchildren than I am. Like you I watch spend them. a lot of time. Well, you we watch spend them. a lot of time. No, not so much. But the family gets together all the time, and we we come and go. And yeah. I think Andy, wouldn't you say our family is very very close? I'd say so. Yeah, so I don't know why, and maybe that was the result of the fact that I didn't have my parents around much when I was a kid. I saw my grandparents maybe once or twice a year. That was about it. So that became very important to me to be around all the time. Maybe that's part of this whole deal. I don't know. I love having the kids over. There's no question about it. Uh, Looking back on her childhood, Christiana Hilberg uh, said that it was never a question whether her grandmother would would, uh, watch her. And her brother and their parents, you know, parents went on a trip, something like that. If mom and dad were out of town, we were at grandma's, a 33-year-old uh, told the business inside. See, my mother never traveled out of town, so that just never happened. Yeah. My mother didn't have any money. I mean, that's, she's literally had no money at all. 
Grandma wasn't going anywhere, and we always knew that, but Hilberg, a mom of three, said there was no guarantee that her parents-in-laws or you know, parents or in-laws uh, would do the same for, for their grandchildren. Certainly uh, not a snap of a finger like that. I don't know. I, I See, this this doesn't ta- not talk about my family at all. Gell fans here to make things even worse. I just noticed that. I'm just here to cheer everyone up. Well, it's about time, damn it. Well, it's been drudgery. Has it been tough? It hasn't really been tough. Now, I, let me get your take on this, Mike, because mm-hmm. you're in the same generation here. Um, you had some interesting family dynamics yourself. I did, yeah. you know, all the rest of it. And basically, boomers, they're saying, are living better than ever. Do you think boomers are living better than ever right now? No. I don't either. So, why? I mean, just the interest rates alone would tell you they're not living better than ever. So, so I don't know why the even article that said, way. though, it didn't say What's boomers that? are living no. better than ever. They're just saying that it the, says boomers are more likely to be traveling or living right. away from family. Whereas like your grandparents or in the past generations, they didn't like you just retired. You sat on your front porch, drank yep. some lemonade exactly. and watched the neighbor kids where now they're like people you hear it all the time. We have kids younger. Or we have can't wait for the kids to move out so I can go, you know, sell the house, get an RV and travel the country. And so. <laughs> Whose fantasy is this? But, I mean, there's also, a lot of people that want to travel. Like, after yeah, their oh kids yeah, are gone. most my yeah, most people I know their 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 parents, you know, travel quite a bit more than their parents ever did. And then on top of mm-hmm. it, there was a talk about how um, the economy is kind of making it where millennials are having kids later. So that means mm-hmm. they're you know their their own the grandparents are going to be older. So in like my in laws. They're a lot older um, than, you know, my grandparents were. And so they don't feel very comfortable watching Go-Go for a day because that's exhausting. And so, like, a lot mm-hmm. of it is just kind of age determined. Right. And also, like, in defense of the boomers, it's not your grandparents' responsibility to raise the kid that you decided to have. Like, no. they can go on vacation. Like, yes, obviously you help out and be around and things like that. But to be upset that they're going on vacation is wild. Yep. No, I think it's more of like just it's just different dynamics than, you know, and we moved away from my grandparents at a young age. So we didn't have those dynamics. But I I hear this a lot from my friends is that like the grandparents are not are not uh, readily available just because they are they are they're they're traveling more and all that stuff. OK, well, let me say this. I got to get back to the very beginning of this. That was not a statement I made. That's the headline of the story is boomers right. are living better than ever. Mm-hmm. And you guys both said, no, no, that's not what, that's not what it means. That's the headline. Right. But I think they're not like referencing like interest, right? They're just saying they're actually like living a life rather than retiring and just sitting in their house is what they're saying. Not right. Anything but you both it. said, no, they're, they're not. That's not what it says. That's okay. exactly what it says. Okay. The, you so know, the other th- I'm reading the headline and it doesn't say the, <laughs> the other thing what about, headline are you reading the other thing about boom, boomers you got to talk about this in terms of spiritual yeah yeah that's true spirituality because boomers also experience far more loss they yeah. do yes and and, and to answer your question business insiders where that came from boomers seem to have traded in a child raising village for traveling now millennial parents say they have no one to support them. I that's see what he's it's a subheader about halfway down the article. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's but what it's, it's it, a headline. It does say that. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's why uh, I wanted to read the article and make it clear what they were talking about. But you guys, kind of, of course, had to trample Uncle Tom. No, and, uh, you know, don't worry about my feelings. It's, it'll be all right. Well, the thing about think- these are these articles, they're always searching for trends, you know. Yep. That's the yeah. Do you guys thing. not agree that, like, Tom, you're, you're, you're living a better life than your grandparents? Well, yeah, but you have to understand someone that my family was destitute. Right. But you're living better than ever compared to like your grandparents. Well, if I had gotten a job for a buck 50 an hour, I'd be living better than my grandparents. (laughs) I mean, the boomers' grandparents very typically weren't born in this country. No. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I, I have my four grandparents. There was one born in this country, which was unusual, you know. Mm-hmm. It was. And, yeah, and these people came here without the expectation of ever having a day off, without the yeah. expectation of ever having mm-hmm. money to spend. So, so I it mean, does hold true is what you're saying. That sentence does hold true. 
I'm not saying that at all. I'm not even getting involved in that. <laughs> but but I'm yeah, just saying. Well, here's what I here's what I know is what I'm saying. <clears throat> it's very complicated. It's yeah. it's hard to say. Here's what this generation is doing. Here's what this generation is doing. We'll probably know more about what they're doing, you know, 50 years from now than we do now. I but like I hope you know like I love that my mom goes oh, yeah. to Florida half the no, year no. and has yep an amazing life. I love that my mom travels. I love that I can't just rely that she's at the house sitting there waiting for me to drop my kid off. I actually love that my mom has a very full life because I mm. go, that's the life I'm going to live when I'm older. Right. I, yeah. right. So like, I hope you know that. Like, I think most millennials would agree at the end of the day, it, it it's more positive than it is negative to say like, yeah, mm. they're just not as available to help, but that's, I would rather have her living her life mm. and me looking for, uh, you know, childcare than have it reversed. Yeah. Well, I mean, once again, it's an article that's written, uh, and Andy, you're my son, so you would know this. Talk about that, you know, millennials can't depend on their parents. Many millennial parents say they can't support the, get the support they need from their parents. It depends on the, it's not all millennials against all boomers. Because in our family, we go across several generations of helping one another out. Wouldn't you agree, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, but the article that they would have to write to go over everybody's individual living situation yeah, exactly. is much longer than just. Well, I understand that, but why write the article in the first place? Because they're I just, just noticing it, a trend. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, but. Um, Averages you know, apply I, to the average person. And Tom, like. Yeah, which doesn't I exist. Didn't, I didn't have kids in my 20s. Uh, because I wasn't in a situation financially and emotionally to do that. And like, mm-hmm. I, I now can afford daycare and not worry and like guilt random people in my life to watch my kid. But like, that's cause I had to wait and that's okay. Like it's totally fine. I mean, well, I waited. Way- we yeah. had our children when I was in our thirties as well. I could, I could have had children in my early twenties that yeah. I was lucky enough to, to be doing well and all the rest of it. But I put it off till my thirty cause I'll be honest with you. I even knew when I was 25 years old, I was not mature enough to be a father. Same. I knew that. Yeah. So maybe that's the problem. People just pay no attention when they're having sex with everybody comes near them that, hey, maybe a kid will come about because of this. Mm. They never even think about that. huh? I don't think people even realize until you have kids the extent of like this world is not meant for kids out in the world. It's just not like it's. It's not an environment where people are excited to see kids in their store or in their houses. Like, it's just not a kid-friendly world, that are, the environment for the most part. And so, like, I think that is an overwhelming feeling. And then that's when you go, I wish my parents were around more. Like, and not because I wish my mom lived any different. I'm so happy she lives mm-hmm. the way she lives. But, like, you know, it. if I could have both ways, my mom being right next door and her living her exact best life, I, I would. Like, I, I would love more help. No, but at the same time, yeah. I would rather have this. See, and the one thing that I will tell you is in my life, my life was totally different. And therefore, my connection with the greatest generation was wonderful because when my father was taken off, you know, put in the nut house, mm-hmm. and my mother was working 10, 12 hours a day, other parents in the neighborhood stepped up and said, Tommy, you ever need anything? Don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. Yeah. You can come and live over here if you want to. I lived at the Fisher's house for a while. Yeah. All of these families, the the O'Briens, the Laurents, the, you know, you go down all of these different people. Uh, the Fisher family was incredible to me. So I didn't, I didn't experience any of that, even though I didn't have a mother and father around. My mother was yeah. around, you know, half the day, but the other half she was not. Other people did step up and take care of care of me now would they do that now i highly doubt it because there'd be some legal problems i, was I would gonna imagine. say yeah it probably would be yeah, yeah. you're right and also screwed. but also, i, I tom, experienced I think... the same thing though tom what's that i experienced the same thing i had friends yeah. mothers who would who would help me out who would take care of me you know and and because you know i mean my mother was never far away but i would have had to wake her up Aren't you guys, I yeah. sometimes I think about this. I am so lucky. And my mom was great, but she was a single mom, a teacher. Mm-hmm. She wasn't around all the time. Uh, we are all so lucky that there was like no predator 
in our life because oh, yeah. oh, you yeah. would have given me a pack of gushers, I'd have been in your house so quick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> had to be gushers. Yeah. Oh, oh, my mom couldn't buy us gushers. Like, so there's just like, I'm very thankful as well for the people in my neighborhood. I mean, my mom, I mean, my sister watched us a lot. But like we were very, I mean, I was very vulnerable to, and, and like Tom said, people don't want people in their houses because it, it it could be look weird or whatever now, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it would happen the same. Yeah, I think I think the the mothers of my friends sort of, you know, they talk, and I think they're the way they looked at it with with me was it's going to take a village to raise this son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, I think that's very accurate yeah. too, by the way. Yeah, and I should mention that. Uh, that some of the people Mike talking about grew up in the same neighborhood that I did. Yeah. So maybe it was a neighborhood thing. Oh, once absolutely. Again, when I look back at people like, Oh my God, Jews and blacks and Catholics all together. We got along phenomenally, incredibly well. So I don't know when all of these problems developed, but they didn't develop, but whose na- neighbor got burned to the ground in 1967, 68, mm. that would have been North Minneapolis burned Plymouth Avenue to the ground. Yeah. And that's really unfortunate. Well, the thing is that when when my mother was going to North High School, for example, mm-hmm. uh, the I think that that black kids and Jewish kids found some commonality there. They were both they were, they were both oppressed, of course, and Catholics and Catholics too, right? And yep. and later on, there was an there was the you know, Jews started moving out of the North Side, of course, in about nineteen mm-hmm. what fifty. So, yeah, right probably, yeah, mid fifties. Yeah, I think I think that uh, you know a lot of them, of course, went to Highland Park or St. Louis Park. Some of them went mm-hmm. to Golden Valley. They went wherever yep. they could because redlining kept them out of the the really um, you know the, the proper neighborhoods. But I think that there was a concept then that the Jews no longer fit into that 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 group that they had risen above that economically. And then, well, and then of course, when that when yeah. that happens, you've got a lot of tension and terrible things happen. It does, and I've told told this story before. There was a neighborhood, I mean, excuse me, a neighbor in our neighborhood, who would not let Catholic kids walk on his sidewalk. <laughs> you had to walk in the street when you went past his house, uh, or he'd have a fit. Oh yeah, no, I, I mean, oh, I had friends whose parents wouldn't let me in their house. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. I wish that people would understand. I mean, some, some, you know, situ- situations are much more severe than others, obviously. But people are a hell of a lot nicer now than they used to be. And I, I, if, if that's a situation where if we're going to point fingers, we should all go get, also give credit. Because yeah. boomers ended a lot of that bullshit going on. A lot. There, you wouldn't believe the world back 60 65 years ago it was completely different mike wouldn't you agree yeah and i think a lot of the a lot of the stress there was um you know it might have been about religious it might have been about uh, yeah. economics but people still kind of found a way now now the the uh, the biggest thing that cleaves people that that just tears people apart from each other is probably political Oh, no doubt. No doubt about that. I mean, Look, I mean, it used to be yeah. fun to, like we would, like I said, I grew up, in, so I get to know Mike Gelfand, right? He does a story. You were writing for what at the time? Uh, the Tribune, Minneapolis Tribune. It was a Tribune. Okay. Well, actually, actually, no, it was uh, Ad Age. It was Ad Age. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. It was Ad Age. So Mike and I became friends. But back in those days, he would invite me over to the JCC, the Jewish Community Center. Mm-hmm. And we'd go into the gym. And I always got this great laugh out of it. And I always said, <laughs> said to Mike, Mike, is it really necessary in a basketball gym to put a sign up that says no dunking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. We didn't try to posterize about- each other either, by the way. <laughs> no, that's exactly. We, we, you know, because we didn't have time. the we didn't have the uh, the possibility of being in the ESPN top ten of the night. You know, so <laughs> we were. But yeah. the, what? But what what happened there of course was you know they had i mean i played in the rec leagues there where there were a lot of jews and then, but it was more than that but but there were a lot of mm-hmm. jewish guys there and so you know i often found myself guarding a guy who was maybe a little bit shorter than me right you know because it because they were there 
they were my brethren, and uh, and I could guard a guy who was five six, and and bald, and that made me feel much better. Uh, but um, but but they had what what they had there was they had other leagues basically for for people who didn't have much connection to the Jewish community center. But but there were good there were good leagues there. So yeah. you had like former Gopher players, and uh, oh yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, if these guys could dunk. A little sign was not going to stop them. No, it was not going to stop them. I, I guess what, what I'm trying to get to here is um, that the media loves to do this kind of thing. But mm-hmm. when you look back, the greatest generation, then the generation before that, most of them were immigrants mm-hmm. uh, in the neighborhoods we're talking about. And the greatest generation came along. That that generation busted their ass working. I'm talking about before the greatest generation yeah. busted their ass to make sure their kids had everything they, they would need like food to eat and all the rest of it. So God bless them. The greatest generation came along and saved the world. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so God bless them too. The boomers are the same situation. We handle it the best way we possibly could. I don't have any problem with your generation, mine or the two previous generations. I just don't have any problems. I, I go by the individual, not their generation. Well, yeah, and and, and the idea that that for example that boomers are going to are going to just, you know, be be uh, horrified by millennials. There's people want to see these cultures clash. It makes for good yes. stories. And the, the idea yep. that boomers say, oh, these millennials, you know, they don't know how to work. They don't, blah, blah. I, I don't understand that at all. I, most of my friends are boomers, uh, and some of them are members of the greatest generation, and some of them mm-hmm. are millennials. Mm-hmm. But most of them are boomers. And I would say I would say very few of them ever trash millennials, probably because the millennials are their kids, and we don't really like to trash our kids. Right. And and if you trash all the millennials, who are you going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, who are you going to call when you can't get your internet or your computer to <laughs> exactly. turn on yeah, exactly. change the font on your text? Yeah. <laughs> what I the got hell are you talking problem, about? Max, can you come over? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then there's a sigh. <sighs> yep. <laughs> one guy named Andy, but your mother's pretty good at that stuff too, Andy. You got to admit. She's getting better. <laughs> you cannot say she's good at it. She's getting better. <laughs> And me, you don't want me anywhere near no, that stuff. We that try really facts. to just prevent you from touching anything. Oh, yeah. You don't want me around any of that but stuff. But, like, that's understandable, too. Like, I think it's weird when millennials make fun of older people for not knowing technology because it's like, that's going to be us mm-hmm. when things advance and we're not having our fingers on the pulse. And also, like, of course, if all these things that have changed, I don't, I don't get it. And, you, and, and I think, Gelfan, you're right. I don't think it actually happens in real life. Nobody hates a generation of people. No, like I wouldn't think so. They're your uncles. They're your mom. They're your grandpa. Mm-hmm. Like I would never. I would never say the things that like. And again, I look at my mom, and I go, "My life is just gonna get better." I love how busy she is. I love how much she travels, and I love she's got yeah. more energy than all of us. And I just go, "It's cool to see," because I just know that's her and I are so similar I'm like that's how I'm going to be and I that gives me so much excitement and hope for the future see your mother and I get along very very well because she's a decent person and you're not that's what I can both agree on that (laughs) both agree on that kind of deal yeah yeah I, I just um I don't know it's a situation where I I don't focus a lot on what's wrong with you no, I'm not talking about you as a person. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, as a whole. Yeah, as a whole. I don't want to waste my time. Here's what's wrong with you. It's like if there's something wrong with you, I don't want to be around you. So I would just avoid you. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to sit and tell you, oh, you're terrible. It's like, no, relax. I also like. It's funny because, you know, the the categories you guys are putting in on on people, not saying you guys, but like that are put on people. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Stillwater. My mom didn't have very much money. We, I don't think I knew anyone's religion, political views. Yeah, or, right. I just didn't. Right. That's how I grew up. Yeah. I, I kind of still live by that. I don't need to know where you fall on this, that, and the other. And not because I don't care, because it just, just doesn't apply to our friendship. Most, mm-hmm. of my, most of my interactions don't. I don't need to know some of the things that people are dividing up into. It just doesn't matter to me. 
No, no question about it. So, and I, I suppose maybe they sell magazines or, well, not newspapers because nobody reads a newspaper anymore. Everything's on online. But I guess maybe that they, they say these kind of things to drive people to view their stories so they can make more money. I, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know. What could be? I mean, I, seriously, I look back at the world and even though it was tough as hell and all the rest of it, and I, you know, there are certain people in Minnesota would love to destroy my career. They've, they've tried and tried and tried to do it. I don't really give a rat's ass what they do. I don't know them. You go yeah. be you and you piss off whoever you want. I'm sorry you must have failed miserably at what you do, because if you were successful, you'd be paying attention to what you're doing, not what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're talking oh, about I, your sidekicks, right? Yes, all for you, damn it. The ones who tried to destroy you. Take Try me down. Sabotage. <laughs> take it down. All right. So, oh, God, we should probably go to break here, I would think. Probably yeah. be a good idea. We'll take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes. More news. And, of course, coming up, we got a little Kristen Bird action. We've got a lot of stuff coming up right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take Personal Care Dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Before you head back to one of the big box stores for your hunting and shooting needs this season, do yourself a favor and visit my choice, K&L Surplus and Ammo in Lino Lakes. Not only does K&L have one of the widest selections of firearms and ammo in the Twin Cities, they also do business the right way. They want to make sure that you have the right firearm and the right ammo for your needs. Jim, the owner, has over 25 years of experience in the business and will help you find what you need at a fair price. Speaking of prices, a lot of stores are using inflation and supply shortages as an excuse to raise prices on ammunition. Not K&L. Jim's doing everything to hold the line on pricing so you can spend more time on the range. Find out for yourself why K&L Surplus and Ammo has been the choice of gun owners for over 25 years. Go in and chat with Jim in person at the store on Lake Drive and Lina Lakes or online at klgunstore.com klgunstore.com The new Tom Bernard Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. So I just noticed something here. Chris and Bert joined us now, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll get through this really quickly because I don't know what they mean by this. Today's your last chance to save your old Google accounts before they get deleted. What Google accounts? You create a Gmail. If you don't use it and it's inactive, I assume they're going through and purging out all the unused ones because they need more oh. space. It might be a scam, though, Tom. No, don't it's real. On... Oh, is that real? Okay. Yeah, Google's doing a purge of accounts that haven't been used in so long. But it's, okay. it's like if there's been no activity on that account, I think if you've even logged into it, 
that still counts as activity. Mm. Mm. So oh, it's okay. for accounts that are like truly, you haven't even looked at them in like three years or something like that. Oh, good. Cause I'm glad I asked that. Cause I, I use Gmail quite a bit. Like yeah. on this show, I use Gmail a lot. Yeah. So yeah, no, so that's going to be fine. No, if you go on a long vacation, they're not just going to delete your no. account. Okay. I need that, my junk mail Gmail to stick around. It's <laughs> where I send all the junk mail. Yeah. Exactly. No question about it. So what's going on, Kristen Burt? I need to put a little button on our Adam Sandler conversation. I feel like we've had like little snippets every single day. Mm-hmm. Yesterday on Drew Barrymore's show, she got asked the question, what would it take for you to go back to the big screen and start acting again? Because she's been doing her daytime show. Right. She said, Adam Sandler. And she said, and she has already talked to Adam Sandler and said that the discussion she had is that she must star in a movie with Jennifer Aniston, who's the other person who he stars with all the time. And reportedly, mm-hmm. all three of them are working on a film together Ooh. at some Ooh. point. It's like in discussion. There's yeah. nothing announced, but she said there's definitely talks. So if everyone's wondering if Adam Sandler's a good guy, there's the wrap up of our entire yeah. conversation all week. He's a good guy. Yeah. People want to work with him. And he is, that is someone who will actually get Drew Barrymore to go back to acting. I thought you said he was a good guy. Oh! (laughs) Oh, Oh, we love Drew. Don't do that. I I just can't stand to watch her talk out of the side of her mouth. I just... It's just like it's just all. Sometimes that's all I see. Yeah. She talked to a vet deal. Never noticed that. So is that because of some medical defect, or is that just sort of a? I don't know. I think she's being quirky. Yeah, I it's don't know. just. A, I was gonna say it's just a quirk, and she's talked mm-hmm. about it. She's like, I didn't even know I did it until people started. Who who was doing? Um, Britt, you might know who was doing her impersonation on SNL. Oh, I forget. I think they've had a couple people, but yeah, I'll yeah, look. there was someone who did it quite a bit for a while, and I can't remember who off the top of my head, but. They were the ones who started doing like the talk out yeah. of the side of her mouth, and she yeah. said that's when she really found out that she does that. Yeah, was well, it Kirsten Wig? Was well, that that? Also, if like with Drew Barrymore, I also will be returning to the big screen only if Adam Sandler calls me to star with Jennifer Aniston. So I'll just right. throw that out there as well. Yeah, we have yeah we put it out to the universe. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we manifest things every single morning, and things come true like a couple days later. So. Right. You just never know. Stand by the phone, Kevin. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to sit because it might take a while. It might take a while, but you never know. <laughs> so, I mean, can she do film and do her? Because it's a daily TV show, isn't it? It is, but they take the summers off. So potentially, oh, they do? Okay. yeah, right. she could work from, let's just say, late May to August on a film and then go back to production. So it would de- it's definitely doable. Um and the fact that she said that they're already in discussion of her, like trying to figure out what that concept would look like with the three of them. Mm-hmm. And of course, to go to Netflix, I just think it's that would be huge. It would be huge for Netflix. It would be huge for all three of them. This would generate a ton of views and a ton of headlines. Now, those talk shows are nowhere as big as they used to be because they used to be huge, like Dr. Phil's still on, and I didn't even know it. He's I mean, in his been- last year. Oh, is he in the last year? Because I didn't even know he was still on. Oprah's gone, right? Yeah. Oprah's gone. Um, my goodness, Maury even retired. I'm trying to remember. He was on forever. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, it's basically now the landscape is like Tamron Hall. It's Drew Barrymore. It's Jennifer Hudson. It's Kelly Clarkson. And Kelly and Drew seem to be the ones who have really sort of broken out of the pack. And then you have like the, the view and the talk, those kind of more yeah. panel type of shows. But they're not doing, none of them do well, do they? Uh, Actually, CBS Daytime is very strong. CBS Daytime lineup, which is the talk, it's Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful, and then Price is Right and Let's Make a Deal. Super strong lineup, honestly. But not talk shows. There's one talk show in there. There's one talk show in there. Kelly Clarkson is is kind of like, she earned the Ellen DeGeneres spot, which was the Oprah Winfrey spot. Oh, yeah. She's the leader of the pack in terms of those. I don't don't mind these shows, but I don't want them messing with my stories. Yeah, I understand. What's your story? Your story. <laughs> the Are you a days of our lives guy. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. You know, the young and the restless, and then there's the political side, the old and the worthless. <laughs> well, that also is a very old reference because grandmothers used to always say, "Be quiet, I'm watching right. my stories." Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never actually heard funny. anyone say it, but I think it's funny. I did. I, I did too. Did. I had a yeah. I had a daycare lady who always watched. Uh, these are the days of days our lives. Of our <laughs> we'd have to go take a nap then, and I'd always like peek over and get in big trouble. Like, get out of here! I'm watching my stories. <laughs> And by the way, those shows were huge back in the day, like going all the way back oh, to Fred yeah, Sanford. Sure were. Well, sure, and they and they were actually huge when they were on the radio before that. Oh, they were huge then. Yeah. Remember? I still get the opportunity to interview daytime stars. And the ones, I love interviewing the ones who were on um, during the heyday. And the heyday really was like the 70s and the 80s when the budgets were ridiculous. They were mm-hmm. wearing designer clothes like you would see on Dynasty in Dallas back in those days. and But they were allowed to travel on location they weren't you know shooting in these small little studios everything was about luke and laura on general hospital and there were award shows there were like four award shows just for soaps alone and they would have it at you know radio city music hall it's just interesting to watch sort of the decline of it all and this year the daytime emmys are at the westin hotel in downtown la i'm like oh my gosh how far we have fallen from radio city <laughs> oh really that so nobody cares anymore you know, it's it is going to air on CBS, which is great, and Paramount Plus will will also carry it, which is good because for a few years they just had to stream it online on their YouTube channel. So at least they do have um, some type of visibility, but it's it's just not what it was. And yeah. and as we've talked about a lot, and I I don't think Britt will disagree with me on all of this, but reality shows and Bravo TV are the new soaps. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I suppose, yeah, that does make sense. So now that the uh, now that the Golden Bachelor has been uh, has been revealed to be a fraud, uh, where do we go from there? I'm I'm just shocked by this. I am not shocked at all, but at the same time, I love that Hollywood Reporter. If anyone's <laughs> looking to see where the article is, they yeah. dropped it yesterday, I saw just it. in time for the finale. So this yeah. was very calculated <laughs> in terms of dropping yeah. all this information. That he had a girlfriend for three years because I think he's been claiming like I haven't dated this. Yeah. Since, oh, yeah. you know, oh really? After my wife died, and it turns out he started dating this woman a month after his <laughs> wife know. passed, Which, yeah. allegedly. Allegedly, he yes. Hasn't shared his side of the story, but yeah. um, mm-hmm. he didn't sound like a fun person to date either. Not, not really. And, and what about the the weeping? Is that? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, Ben needs to get. Addressed. He's pretty good at that, though. You know, you he could almost believe it. He's the most dramatic, Tom. Like, you know how, like, we always think, like, 13-year-old girls are dramatic or whatever. Mm-hmm. 70-year-old men who are searching for their love of their life are the most dramatic people. Do you know what he said on air? Mm. He said, this is the worst, this is the second worst experience in my life, <laughs> second to only my wife dying oh. when he had to pick between two girls. It's- and hmm. like, sir, you that, signed up for a show where you're gonna be breaking somebody's heart. Why are you surprised at this now? All of a sudden, I was crying? like, I was so offended for his ex-wife Tony, rest in peace. I was like, that's insane. Well, my my friend Neil Carlin watches the show religiously, just because it's so campy, and and obviously fraudulent. And he refers to it as the Golden Shower Bachelor. So yeah. I think that probably is fairly appropriate. <laughs> probably sums it up. I mean, I love that also in in this Hollywood Reporter article, it talked a lot about, you know, he's been presented as a restaurateur. And they're like, he was a maintenance man at like a retirement home. Nothing wrong with any of these no. jobs, but he's been presented as like a restaurateur, which <laughs> in my head, when you say restaurateur, I think you have several restaurants you're heavily invested Mm. you've got some money and he was doing he was installing hot tubs at a certain point like he was doing you know real blue collar work again nothing wrong with it but it's the story that has unfolded on the golden bachelor is completely different than what the reality seems to be yeah if you're a fry cook at the uh you know the uh, original pancake house that's probably doesn't qualify you as a restaurateur it's not as sexy. I mean, I think it was more of a fast food restaurant, too. So, yeah, again, Wendy's. I love yeah. fast food. Nothing wrong with it. But, again, the way they spin these stories is wild. But why would you ever watch that crap? I've never seen one minute of it. I couldn't care less. It's hilarious. Is it really it's funny? It's campy. It's just it's campy. Because you know oh. when you watch it, you know that, first, you know that everything is a fraud. It's all a fraud, yes. Yeah. Exactly. And and this one may be a little more fraudulent than than others. So I, I, yeah. I think it's also important just to say that a lot of these dating shows cater toward right now it would be Gen Z. I mean, prior to that, it was millennials. But I think hmm. that 
the fact that ABC was like, let's do a Golden Bachelor, it's sort of like conquered ageism, which is like, you know, the new thing to kind of discuss. Mm. And I thought it was a great concept. Like, you know what? People in their 70s, because a lot of people may have lost a spouse or their divorce, like you can still have a dating life. You can still have a sex life. That's actually a great message because people think, oh, my God, you're 40 and you're old and you're washed up. Mm. That's not it. But, 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 this is a huge but, you know, when it's reality, they're crafting a story around you and they're going to, you know, exaggerate things, make you look better than you actually are. And, you know, you're saying you're willing to put that out to millions of people. So that also talks about your character a little bit, because I'd be pushing back on that. Well, but it's all lies anyway, isn't it? Or mostly lies. I don't really well, I, know a lot of, you know, I know a lot of people in their 70s, um, and most of them are not real active when it comes to dating, you know? No. It's like... Uh, my mom is... was. My mom found her boyfriend, Mike. They were both on dating apps and mm-hmm. found each other. Yeah. So it definitely can happen. I just think it's what people are looking for. And Yeah. 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 And in the case of The Golden Bachelor, it's... We understand that the show is it's a reality show. It's going to be you know fake elements to it, but at least hide the it a little bit better. Like you can't call this guy some you know like a restaurateur and like you guys are saying with having him be a fry cook because then now you're just misleading the contestants from Mm -hmm. the jump. Yeah, the truth always comes to light in certain in situations like that. But that is very easy to fact check too. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing, Mm -hmm. and. And you see it in the Hollywood Reporter article saying, like, we saw the texts or, like, we went and checked with his former employer and confirmed that he worked as a hot tub installer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, then that's good. Their due diligence on this. Yeah. Yeah. Hot tub installer. Yeah. Do you guys know the percentage of actual successful marriages? By successful, I mean, Hmm. according to the, the term of the marriage, I don't mean... That even if you were married to somebody for five years, it was okay for a while. It was successful for a while. Mm. So by successful, I you know I should clarify that I'm talking about long-term success. You mean you is it really that rare now? Uh, are you talking what? about directly from The Bachelor or just in general? No, I'm talking about in life in general. Why would people Why would people be so interested in this show? Because I mean, if you're in a good long-term relationship yourself, why would you even care about that stuff? I think it's the fantasy of it all, you know? I think people are interested in um, other people's dating lives, other people's sex lives, the drama of it, you know? And and to me, I stopped watching it years ago because the misogyny drives me a little bit bananas with it, especially when it comes to when it's the Bachelor series of, like, 25 women fighting over a guy. I just feel like a lot of weird stereotypes come out. But you can pull yourself out of it and just realize, like, some of these people are just chasing fame, too. There's, There's that element of it. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of pathetic, too, when you see a woman who, after two days, it seems like they can't all be great actors. It seems like, you know, like they they convince themselves after 48 hours that they're in love with some guy. And, and then, oh, my God, he's he's not the one. And, and that's the part of that's the part. I, I just want I watch this and I just wind up really f- sort of feeling bad for these person. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's very, it's like the opposite of actually dating somebody in real life. Yeah, like exactly. Most of the time when you yeah, meet somebody for like, the first time, you're not going, oh my gosh, this person's going to be amazing. This is going to be the, you're like, let me figure out what's wrong with this guy. Like maybe be cautious. Whereas you can go on the show, you just kind of dive in. And then afterwards, oh. that's where all of kind of, you know, the, the red flags appear. And that's why they don't really work out. Yeah. Tom, I would be terrible on this show because it'd be like, okay, are you going to make it to the final one? I'd be like, I'm on the fence about him. I don't know. Right, like, right. I'm still trying to figure out if, like, Justin's who I want to be with. We've been married for five years, so I don't know. <laughs> I have no poker face. I, 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 the one thing I think I would be good on on a reality show is the confessionals, because I'd be like, I can't stand this person, and I can't. Like, and I just, if they'd be like, are you having a good time? I'd be like, no. Also, <laughs> like, they do this thing, Tom, where they, <laughs> they go on a date, and this is, a, like, a bachelor staple. They get. Mm-hmm. They order a meal, and they both get a meal, and they don't touch it while they're filming. So they can only eat it after. And I would not be able to have a conversation if there was, like, a full steak in front of me that I haven't mm. eaten yet. I'd just be, like, constantly staring at it. I'd be like, can mm. I just – can I just – like, I, I would not – I would have a mental breakdown well, I, I've right seen there. you. I've seen you with a big sandwich in front of you. And- yeah, just, I, <laughs> just Eating on dead. camera, though, is a weird thing. 
I would have no problem with it. I have hangups about it. I would would 100% have hangups. Oh, I would. If if you guys told me I could eat during this podcast, I would. Like, (laughs) you can. I don't care. You can eat all you want. Done. (laughs) ASMR. I love it. (laughs) The thing about dating, though, real dating is is some people, I mean, I've, I've dated, everyone's dated, and there are some people who come in with with an objective, you know, I'm going to get, I want to get married. But most of the time it's just people who want to find someone to hang out with, maybe have casual sex and never see each other again. That's, that's real dating. But I guess that wouldn't make for a good show. No, it doesn't. They, they want the drama of, and I think the other thing too, just in thinking of the bachelor and I, I've had plenty of friends that have gone on the bachelor and other reality shows. Remember you're in a bubble. So they take away all sorts of communication, your phone, you have no TV, you have no connection to the outside world. So you're in this like love bubble. So I think in your head too, you start like creating these fantasies of like, this guy could be the one and we're going to like run off and get married and have babies. And it, and it makes you very emotional. A friend of mine who was like never a crier went on this like date my dad reality show years ago. And she's like, they had me crying because they would keep her up late at night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they were serving meals at weird times. And she's like, I was so such a wreck. Yeah, yeah. I'd cry. Yeah, it's a cult sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just when we were here talking earlier this week about Squid Games, the challenge, and you know how some people were suing because they were upset. I'm like... Mm-hmm. You need to go in with your eyes wide open on reality shows because they are going to manipulate and control the situation to get you to be as emotional, angry, happy, whatever it is. They want good TV because that's their job as TV producers. Yeah, I know they did that to me when I was on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> what did Pat Sajak do to you? <laughs> this is actually bottom. actually the worst part about it was you having to sit through all the other shows until you you and so like I I had to get there like at eight in the morning. Like, you know, which is like four hours before I like to get up. And and then I had to sit through four other shows. So by the time my show is on, like at 8 p.m., I'm totally exhausted. I just wanted to get over with at that point. Yeah, you're not excited about it. That's the problem when you're at the last taping of the night. Yeah, the, the, the adrenaline's gone by then. I had, as far as Pat goes, had a great conversation with him about baseball. Fortunately, we did not discuss politics. <laughs> you guys would have had an all-out brawl. Oh, it would have been wheel. bad. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it would have been ugly. Yeah, but um, but I, I enjoyed talking to him. He seemed, you know. But now, of course, he's kind of fallen off the edge. So, well, he is retiring at the end of the season, and it'll be Ryan Seacrest moving forward. So, can't they do better than that? I would think so. I I thought that they would go for someone fresh. I thought like originally I thought maybe they would have Vanna do it, but mm. Vanna's not like she doesn't want to host. No. And then I thought maybe they're going to bring in his daughter cuz Maggie Sajak has been their social media correspondent. Yeah. But it seems like what they're doing is Vanna's only staying for a little bit and I think when Vanna retires, Maggie Sajak will wind up being the new Vanna. Yeah, I kind of figured that. Yeah. Yeah. She'll probably do very well. Nepo baby, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Your dad created a job for you, and then they'll just slide you into Vanna's role when she's done. Yeah, she'll be great. Wow, look at the silence, you guys. What's going on? I'm just waiting. I haven't talked for 12 minutes now. I'm looking at the clock. <laughs> yeah, we're I'm on just my like, own uh, show, and I can't talk for 12 minutes. What, That's what works for me. What even Can is I tell you guys something, right though? Now? What's that? I want to tell you guys something because it just kind of like broke before we came on the air and I was thinking about this. I'm like, I was wondering like how long it was going to take for them to do a Donald Trump movie. Well, guess what? Donald Trump movie is coming. Who's going to be the star? And they're calling it The Apprentice. Oh. But it's not about that era of his reality TV show since we're talking reality TV shows. It's actually going to be about his rise as a real estate scion in New York City. So it's like his younger self Mm -hmm. um and i think that they're really kind of aiming for like a prestige type of project because like jeremy strong is in it sebastian stan is going to play the younger donald trump and if you're like who is sebastian stan if you saw uh pammy and tom or tom and pammy on hulu he played um pamela anderson's boyfriend was tommy lee oh jones no tommy lee just tommy from 
There's no Jones yeah, involved is, here. Who is Pamela Tommy Anderson. Lee Jones? That sounds phenomenal. That sounds Tommy Lee Jones. Jones is the actor. He was in Wait, Men yeah. in Black, for example. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. I understand. So, I mean, as far as television people give a rat's ass about, is there anything good coming on? I, yeah, I tell you, Catherine, Catherine is really, really good at finding shows that are enjoyable. She goes through and finds herself, hey, why don't we try to watch this? And she found all these great shows. And I I don't know how she does it. She's very good at that. She hunts whole like all of the best Canadian shows for you. She does. She looks at all the Canadian shows, <laughs> which I tend I do tend to like Canadian television. That is very, very true. But and uh, by the way, we're talking about the I believe the fifth season it is of uh, Fargo. Because we hadn't seen it yet. There's now a sixth season, right? Fifth. This um, is the fifth season, I believe. Oh, this is oh, so was yeah. We had that argument early this morning. We thought it was six and five. We thought this was six, but it's only five. I think this is the fifth season with John Hamm. We yeah, just, with John Hamm. Yeah, I we just was, looked this up. I thought it was the sixth season. You said. No, you're watching. You said you were watching the fifth season, right? We assume that's what I assumed, though. But I, so I don't know how it how the it one all that just up. came out. I'm pretty sure. I th- uh, I'm pretty sure it's with. Season five, yeah, season five. Okay, so season it's four. currently out with John Hamm as season five. I was like, season I know five. we okay, were so talking about it. It was season four that Catherine and I started with because we hadn't seen that season either. And, you know, busy doing other things. That show, and it's the Coen Brothers from Minnesota, so I understand there's you know personal preference there and all of us. I don't know the Coen Brothers, but I really like their work. They were invited on the show one time, but canceled after they found out that I didn't agree with everything they thought. So. <laughs> Remember that, Galfano? Well, they were supposed to be on the show and they canceled. Yeah, I, I, who, I, I don't get that. Everybody's I mean, they they, are, they run into people who don't agree with them every single day. So I would think so. You're absolutely right. But, but honest to God, that series Fargo is extreme. Were there some down years? I, I there might have been because we didn't stick with the whole thing. But season four, a couple episodes in, is phenomenal. And I do want to watch season five because I I've heard that's one of the best seasons ever now. Yeah, it's considered, which is amazing, too, because remember, we're in the fifth season. Usually you start seeing the decline in the quality of the show. But mm-hmm. all, when they said John Hamm, I'm like, say no more. <laughs> is this a <laughs> Netflix show? Is it Netflix? Uh, yes, it's Netflix. Yep. I, I love John Hamm. Netflix just kicked me to the sidewalk, you know. What did they do? Well, because I used to be able to share my, uh, my son's oh, subscription. Oh, that's right. And now I can't do yeah. it anymore. Disney Plus is cracking down on that in December. Yep. Just a warning to everybody. Well, they've so already started. Yep. Yeah, because I can't do it anymore. Oh, you can't on Disney Plus? No. Well, it's just I can't. I can't. They just can't use my son's, you know, uh, username. So yeah, I'm waiting because we do a password sharing on Paramount Plus, and I'm like, well, that's gonna happen. That's gonna go away soon. Yeah, because oh, yeah. they're all just cracking down on it. They yes, want the they subscription. Are. In yeah, they the, give you a taste, and you know they get you addicted, and then they want money for it. Mm-hmm. Is that with the good stuff? Well, I guess you know any, any business model that 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 is basically the same thing as the model that that drug dealers use is probably going to be successful. Yeah, they make a lot of money. Well, hopefully, all of you took advantage of those Black Friday deals over the next year because they there were some really good pricing over the subscriptions for all of the streamers, and if you're smart. You used a new email, and then you got the Black Friday deal for the year. I didn't even know about them. We talked about it on the show. Were you not here? Maybe you were out that day. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they have doing special like deals coming up. Is that what we're talking about? Or they no, they, they were on Black Friday. They they lasted Black Friday, I think, through Cyber Monday. Like Hulu was ninety nine cents a month for this was the ad based plan, just so people understand. But ninety nine cents over twelve months. Um, I think Peacock was one ninety nine per month for the next twelve months, or pay for the year in full. It was only twenty bucks. And if you if you're clever, you cancel the current subscription you have mm-hmm. and take another email and sign up for that Black Friday mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, you, you, and so that's how you get true. the deals each year. Is it true some of these deals now are for like twelve hundred dollars a year? What a hundred bucks a month? What is a hundred bucks a month? Some of these subscriptions I just looked at. One was eighty nine ninety nine a month. 
that has to watch. be with live television. Right. These it's are just Hulu like singular subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you get Hulu with live TV and no ads, or if you get the, I think it's like Vudu or something like that, anything with live TV is yeah. going to be like $100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I avoid all those plans. I just do the bare minimum. Yeah. To keep it down. Because there's just no point in, in having the full subscriptions unless you need that live TV element. See, I don't. I, what happens with me is I look and I say, "Oh, look, there's a channel. Let's get that." So I just, I don't know any. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how much our cable bill is. Not a clue. I am so curious. I need bill. someone to do like an audit of mm-hmm. all of your cable bills because I know that you also purchase a lot of movies, and I'm like, I'm dying to know mm-hmm. how much in a month you spend on your entertainment. It's probably not cheap. I would say you're you're right about that, but most of it, I don't know. I streaming television is a lot better than live television now in my opinion anyway streaming television is really really good don't you think well for sure and i mean the ratings also you know are evidence that that's exactly what's happening broadcast is hanging on by a fingernail or two uh there's a of course there's a couple good shows on each of the networks that are standouts but overall even if you look at what happens at Emmy season and what is um, sort of rising to the top and it's starting to creep into film. And it's why a lot of filmmakers don't love that Apple TV and Netflix have all this money to throw at marketing campaigns to win that Oscar. And even if you say like, well, I don't watch the award shows and the award shows don't matter. They do matter in the end when it comes down to dollars at the box office, advertising dollars, all of those things, you know, it's, it's a full circle situation. So winning an Oscar means more money at the box office mm-hmm. and more money in everyone's pocket. I have bad news for Andy. Yeah. And you, you're going to head down to Florida on vacation. Mm-hmm. The movie theater was shut down and they're tearing it down. Oh yeah. They're tearing down that whole what? giant theater. That gigantic theater. There are like 12 theaters. It is one of the most beautiful palatial movie theaters we have ever seen. But Andy and I can tell you the last time we went, there was Jumanji. Yeah. We, we barely ever went there. Yeah, Jumanji, I went to see Jumanji. Everybody, we matter of fact, we bought the expensive seats that move with the movie. Remember they tried that with, you know, if they were flying, your, your chair would move along with the movie. So we, Andy and I bought the most expensive seats that, that were there just so we wouldn't have to sit and buy a bunch of people. Well, people who didn't buy them just moved in and sat in them anyway while they were on their phones. Oh, yep. of course, yeah. It's like... We're in a movie theater. Could you not look at your screen for just two hours? Was that too much to ask? Now, this staring at your screen stuff is disgusting to me. They need to to confiscate. They do. Just like some some comedians, you know, if they're important enough. Maybe Chappelle makes people, people, you know, turn off their phones and Mm -hmm. put them in some sort of a safe place. Yonder packs. They, they do it a lot for um, screenings, for press even. If mm-hmm. it's like super top secret movie, they'll just put give us each a yonder pouch and we go into the theater. I mean, it's so bad. I was going down a hallway about maybe three, four weeks or something like that, walking down a hallway and there was a guy walking toward me and he's staring at his phone. And I warned him about 10 feet in advance, you're going to run into a bunch of boxes stocked up in the hallway if you don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. He was going to walk right into him because he was not paying attention. Yeah, I had an ex that used to always walk with his phone and rely on me. Like you could, could tell he was like kind of leaning on me, like when he would walk, and I'd <laughs> walk him nice. into poles all the time because I was so annoyed. The, the people are so irresponsible. Sometimes I'm I'm driving down the street, and there's a guy who's like wandering across the street while looking at his phone. And the thing they don't realize is that I'm half blind, so they're yeah. not being very responsible yeah. when they do. No, they're not. No, and some people would say I'm not being responsible, up, and I but think that's it's the point. totally because of phone situations. Either mm. driver on the phone, yep. or pedestrians not looking. Yep, I'll get it taken care of. All right, sister, another brilliant day turned in, but we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Have a good one, guys. See Thanks a lot. We'll be right back. Wrap things up right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Show. 
Tom here, and I want to discuss a partnership that has been wonderful in my life, Zero Res Carpet Care. Very good friends of mine. Nothing is better to someone with a family than having a completely clean home. Your carpet is the biggest filter in your house. If you want to talk about pet dander or foot traffic, dirt from the outside, they all eventually reside in your carpet. So, Zero Res Carpet Care. Listen, around the holidays, you need to contact ZeroResMinnesota.com or call 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z. That's 952-Zero-Res. They clean your home with their electrolyzed pH-elevated water that doesn't use chemicals or soaps that smell like a janitor's closet like other cleaning services. How about a Tom Bernard deal? Well, here it is. Get three rooms, zero resified, starting at $129, and don't forget your air ducts. Mention me, and they'll discount your air vents by $75, too. This is for the entire month, so call them right now, 952-Zero-Res, backward or forward, it spells the same, or book online, zeroresminnesota.com. If it's available, ask for them to come to your place in the Tom Bernard named service truck. What an honor that was, by the way. Just mention me by name and get the special deal to get your home clean and your heart happy. Zero res car. Recently, Jim Paul of Valley Buick GMC was contacted by a company that does on-site sales. Jim was confused. Wait, they don't know anything about us. Our staff, our reputation, most importantly, our customers. Hey, pal, no problem. We do them all over the country. You know, get the manager off the roof sale, inflatable gorilla sale, and our favorite, the 13-hour sale with a giant clock that goes to 13. Urgency, baby. We bring our crew because, well, your people are, let's just say, a little uh, laid back. And the pricing? Nothing special, sport. But Jim thought, we price competitively every day. Our prices are special. We definitely don't need these guys. But sale does convey some urgency, so we made a bold decision for his fine dealerships. Announcing the Valley Buick GMC 365-day sale. And we can even extend it a couple years or so. I got the Air Dancer guy, scratch all his plastic keys, bubble machine fire. Valley Buick GMC in Apple Valley or Hastings or valleycardealers.com. Hurry. You have all helped support MyPillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with great deals on his most popular products. Right now, you can save 50% on Queen and King pillows and the original My Slippers, and the MyPillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. The proprietary technology makes them extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. Set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98. And for a limited time, you can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code TOM. That's a 50% savings. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code TOM to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. That is just $39.99 for a set. This deal will not last long. Enter promo code TOM for this special and many more. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. I'm like, there we go. There it is. We got her all, we got her all decked out, no question about that. Um, I don't know what the hell this even means. I just saw the headline. Man got so stuck in a glory hole, firefighters had to pull him until he was free. Yep. <laughs> a lot of innuendos in that. Well, sentence. there's some imagery there. I have a question, though. Yeah. No, these glory holes, isn't that like an immense bathroom with you drill a hole in the wall? Or isn't that what a glory hole is? Yeah. Well, it could be, could be like, a, you know, at a, at a, what, what I think of it when I've read about it <clears throat> and actually, sure. uh, but, but really it's, it's a lot of it, I think takes place like at a, at a, at a porn store, you know, where people go into yeah. booths to, I don't even know if they even exist anymore though, because of the internet. Right. Well, I guess they must because well, someone true. just got stuck in one. Well, we don't want, well, but we don't know where it was, right? Well, it's even got a name. A man had to be rescued from Lincoln's Glory Hole. What the hell does that <laughs> mean? Probably has a Yelp review. I, I just, but I mean, I thought a Glory Hole was just something that a guy dug through the wall. Yeah. So the person in the next stall some, would yeah. see his wiener or whatever, or some kind yeah. of partition. Some kind of partition, yeah, yeah. But that's what a Glory Hole is, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Maybe I should read this. Lincolnshire Fire and Rescue were called to High Bridge in the city, uh, city center on Wednesday when a passerby saw a man on the ledge of a bridge. Ray Fisher was attempting to use the glory hole on his boat, but the current was so strong, he decided to stand on the ledge to try to push his boat out after it became... Is this a whole different kind of glory yeah, hole so we're talking about? this is clickbait. I just realized what's happening. This boat thing, oh, is this a metaphor? No, the glory hole is the name of a passage underneath a bridge in uh, London. I see. Oh. oh. Or Who not sent London, me that, you pills? Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln, England, wherever that is. 
You know, uh, there was a guy who was on the morning show at one time. And this, yes. this guy was on the morning show. Uh, uh, he was a little sketchy. And I said to him one day, and you know the guy I'm talking, you may know the guy I'm talking about. Where did he end up working after he left? Kate? Uh, in New York for a while, and then he yeah, wound up in prison, I, I believe, didn't he? He went to prison, yep. Yeah. So, um, but I, I was trying to kind of get to know him a little bit because he was on the show. Uh, I didn't want to have him over for coffee or anything. But I said, um, so what, uh, you know, what have you been doing uh, in, the, in the last year? He said, well, I've been working in the uh, adult entertainment business. I he said, was? That's what he said. And I said, well, what were you doing? And he said, well, I was, uh, I was swabbing the glory hole booths. Uh, I was mopping them up. Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> Good life. Just, yeah. So that show business, is it now? Is it when that's you do that, show, that show business. It's the old, you know, it's the old joke. Get what and get out of show business? Yeah. Well, it's true. Mm. Pretty much true. But I got to get rid of that. So, honest, Scott, I clicked on the story and I'm like, what the hell is this thing even? Yeah. But, uh. So we maybe maybe pre-read some of this stuff. If you send Uncle Tommy, might be a good plan. Yeah, I had never heard of Lincoln's Glory Hill. I never even know what the hell that is. But it's just a it's a passage under a bridge in yep. England. I hope he's free. That's all it is. Why would they call it the Glory Hole though? Because isn't it known for what we were thinking? It yeah, didn't, totally. It wasn't always. Oh, it wasn't always. Nope. That meaning is much newer. Oh, I see. I didn't even know that. I had no mm -hmm. idea that that was the case. It was a much newer meaning to the whole thing. I don't know. Well, how that, about that's this, the other thing. How about this story? Uh, talking about how much we hate when people are on cell phones. Mm -hmm. uh, the Maple Grove Middle School banned cell phones a year ago. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to use them at all during school hours. And apparently it's gone very well. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Apparently, no one's complaining about it. They're just, you know accepting that they can't be on cell phones and apparently it's improving things quite a bit a lot a lot of schools have done that yeah yeah not enough but but a lot have there are some schools where the situation is like teachers would rather the students be on the phone yeah absolutely because then they don't have to really pay attention yeah and then they're not like you know trying to stab each other that too yeah that sort of thing mm-hmm that's the thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of schools where it's like you tell the kids to get off their cell phones, they're just gonna try to kill you. It, pretty much, yeah. Um, it's weird to me when parents get mad about this because it once in a great while, they'll say, "Hey, kids aren't allowed to have phones in their school," and they'll say, "Well, I want my kid to get a hold of me at any time." And I go, no. "What? Like, nope. why? I don't need." a text about a lunch or this or that. You'll figure it out. You have adults around you. There's enough, but. That's the only time where they have backlash is like, of yeah. course, teachers would rather have kids pay attention and, and, and be involved Good in thing. class. Yeah. But and parents want to know if there's an emergency. For for example, if the teacher's trying to get them to read Huckleberry Finn. True that. Yeah, there you Nothing go. Nothing worse than that. Ooh. Does oh. anybody know uh, where you could find a list of the last, let's say, 20 years of the, la the 12 days of Christmas, the cost of the 12 days of Christmas? Because I think it might have shot up a little bit this year, but I'm not sure because I don't keep track of it. You know what I'm talking about on the first day of Christmas, my true love like gave me. the yeah. price of geese? Yeah, <laughs> well, you mean literally There is a price like... of the whole package. Let me check. Mm -hmm. And there always has been. Like going back about, you know, 10, 20 years, whatever it is. Because well, like, I looked you, at the price. How do you put a price on Lords of Leaping, for example? Well, I found one that right. they, they well, have... Yeah. Uh, they said that the Lords of Leaping, it's so funny that you mentioned that was the first one you mentioned, because right away, last year was 13980 for 10 Lords. This year, it's 14500 so You're just paying go. Lords to leap, I guess? That's, <laughs> like, that's a really expensive price, even for 10. Yeah. yeah, really. Well, they are Lords, though. I mean... Sure. Lords don't come uh, the, cheap. No. The 12, the song rang in an all-time high this year of $46,729, and this is oh, yeah. from 2023. See, I'm going to go right after talking. the show to Lords R Us. All right, until the, the show's done, with... so you can go now. <laughs> so that'll be the ticket. All right, that's going to do it. We will talk to you tomorrow on this show, and we'll be right back with the family show right after this.